Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me as always is Senior Staff Writer and my co-host Ryan Whitfield. And also joining us now for, I believe, a full month of shows is Senior Staff Writer Joey Libro. Hey, welcome Joey. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Alright, not too bad. Not too bad, and uh, this is, that guy's not right, right? It's been four weeks now, it's been a whole whole month worth of yep, shows. four weeks in a row. Alright, this is awesome, it's like old time, this is perfect. Back in the fold, I love it. So, um, so typically, I start off with a question here, um, rando question to begin the podcast, but I know we got the uh, our first ever airing of NFL grievances coming up in a second. I just gotta ask you, Joey, you, uh, you excited at all to go see Aquaman coming up in the next, uh, the next week? What's that? You you interested in seeing Aquaman in the next week? Oh yeah, actually, I'm a big Marvel guy. Or not Marvel, DC. Um, I went and saw Venom the other day. Big superhero guy, oh. so I'll definitely go check cool, out Aquaman. Cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, like up until five years ago, Aquaman was just a massive joke, right? I mean, it was basically a, a yeah. punchline for Entourage, but now he's actually legit. Ryan. Uh, how are you doing, and, why, and, and are you at all interested? I know you actually don't really care about anything outside of football, do you? But how do you feel about Aquaman? Sorry, I, I was having technical difficulties. I'm assuming you're talking to me now. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Ryan. Yeah, because we already got Joey's take. He's on board. I'm on board. And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that I'm going to get some sort of um, some sort of uh, backlash from you about talking about Aquaman at this moment, at this minute. But I'm, I'm just uh, throwing it out there. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of a big deal. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that uh, they once uh, in Entourage cast Vinny Chase as Aquaman because he's, uh, know, he's a I faux know. superhero. Uh, oh, outside of Christopher guess... Nolan, outside of Christopher Nolan's Batman, you can uh, you can have your your superheroes. I'll watch other stuff. Yeah, but you got Jason Momoa there, man. He's legit. He has he has personality. He's a big yeah. dude. I mean, that's, that's yeah. fun. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, we got a lot of stuff coming up because we got those, like I said, the aforementioned NFL airing of grievances coming up. And uh, we got our updated top five power rankings. We got Kirk Cousins and his first season of the Vikings and a little some thoughts on that. We got NFC and AFC wildcard predictions. We got our week 15 DFS strategy. We got much, much more to talk about. So let's get rolling. All right. So let's start off with our first ever Festivus inspired airing of NFL grievances. And, uh, Ryan, I'll go to you first because I know that you you were the one who wanted to do this segment. So uh, I'll go ahead and let you start off. I'll hit the red alert button so everyone knows it's coming. And uh, why don't you fire away? Yeah, so a big shock to everyone that I was the one who uh, wanted a uh, platform <laughs> to air some grievances during the yep. you know what's supposed to be the happiest time of year. Um, Shocking. But but I'll start off with three. Um, one, complaining of officials. Uh, so my my first two actually tie in together here. Um, I think that if, you know, when I, when I try to complain about officials personally, it's when it's inconsistent uh, across, you know, an entire game or across the league on, a, on any given Sunday. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating. And I'll take a shot at our boy right now. Um, I know we've had Wally on this show a lot. I love Wally. He's yep. a great guy. Uh, the Redskins yep. have a lot bigger problems in the weekend and week out officiating. But you wouldn't know it from Wally's Twitter. I hope he's listening. Um, <laughs> 
So that, you know, it's a loser's lament. I hate it. I can't stand it. That's one. Two okay. is replay. Uh, the line I've used, and I've, I've done a couple guest spots recently, so I don't remember if I said this on our show last week or, or if I've said it uh, a lot, but, you know, um, the one All that right. comes to mind is the, you know, the, the, the fifth game out of 162, and we're watching, you know, from 20 different angles uh, if a double play was actually correctly turned in the second inning of a baseball game. Um, this, yeah. pursuit of, this pursuit of perfection, the, the example I always use is – we still there are two there are two camps. You either think Des caught it or you don't think Des caught it. And we had every single slow motion replay of that possible. Yet we still argue over it. Which is to say that you will never not argue over over a, a call just because it's a re, there's a replay. There is no conclusive way to determine it. We're always going to argue over it. So this idea of that we're going to perfect it is, is a falsehood. And in the meantime, all you're doing is stretching out every single game I'm watching. So now that hockey games are you know, two hours and 45 minutes instead of two hours and 15 minutes, baseball games go for four and a half hours when the, when the Red Sox and Yankees play and football games, there's a break every 10 seconds and you can no longer celebrate a play because we have to watch a replay to make sure and verify whether somebody caught it or didn't or, or rolled over or lost the ball here. It's, it's maddening. So those are the two smallest ones. And then the, the really big one for me, um, yep. we're in a pretty evolved society. It's 2018. Um, you know, I know uh, Joey tried to clap back at me in our, in our uh, show prep this morning, but I'm sorry. <laughs> you, if you refer to your professional team in the context of we, you are a loser. You don't do anything. You're not, you're not consulting on who to pick, on who to play, on who to pay. You do nothing. You go to the games. You do not get to say we. And, I, and before somebody goes and pulls an old, an old clip of me somewhere saying we before, I've absolutely slipped up and done it. <laughs> but there are people, and if you listen to sports radio enough, who will call and will reference their team five times and say we during a one-minute call. That is embarrassing. You're an adult. Grow up. It's not we. It's they, and you like to watch them. All right. Well, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. I am a, one of those we guys. I don't do it every day, but definitely on game day I do it. All right, Joey. I know you had some thoughts on that as well, but you got you got some grievances to air. That not surprising, by the way, that uh, Ryan A had grievances. B took a shot at Wally uh, while Wally was overseas. That's uh, very well done. We're gonna have to get Wally back on the right line here so we can he can defend himself at some point. But go ahead, uh, Joey. What are your thoughts? What are your airing of grievances here? Well, one, I'm just surprised that Ryan didn't mention that the NFL still allows the hook and ladder play. I'm sure, uh, <laughs> just surprised he didn't mention that one. Uh, right. My two grievances are, uh, my first one is the casters and NFL pundits using the term generational for guys yeah. that probably aren't generational talents. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, the most like recent one that I can think of is this guy, like, Saquon Barkley. They call him a generational talent. Pat Shermer says he has a generational spirit. I love the guy, but can we please slow down just a tiny bit? Just a tiny bit. It's his rookie year. Give him five, six years in the league, and then we can start calling him a generational talent. Please. Right. Uh, my second one is um, uh, offensive coordinators and play callers running into an 11-man box on the goal line. I can't stand it. Every time I see it, I want to throw something. Okay, it is awful play calling and Mm -hmm. coordinators will do it three times in a row and they'll get stuffed and then they'll go and kick a field goal from the one yard line. It's ridiculous. And I want to see something new. So those are my two. Okay. Feels good. All right. All right. I can buy into that. Hey, listen, you know, the thing is about those goal line plays. I don't know about how you guys feel about it, but I always wonder 
if you're at the half inch line, why don't you just sneak it? I mean, like, I know that Brady does it to perfection. There's a lot of other quarterbacks who can do it as well. But, you know, just take it under center and, you know, trust your offensive line to push you that extra inch and you get over. I just don't understand why that's not used more, particularly when you're first and goal or second and goal of only like half a yard to go. I, I always kind of just kind of sh- just shook my head and said, well, why, why are you rolling out? Why are you trying to run a bootleg? Why are you trying to do any of this stuff? It just it looks fancy and and cool, but gosh, just get it over the end zone and and score for goodness sake. Hey, well, so let me give you my one grievance. And actually, um, you guys covered a bunch of them, so I'm not going to go ahead and recover any of those. So I'm going to just talk about one thing uh, that happened actually today. It's when NFL analysts or sports analysts that don't watch football try to talk about football, and I'm talking about Stephen A. Smith this morning <laughs> on first take with. Teddy Bruschi are sitting in front of him talking about tonight's game between the Chargers and the Chiefs. And first of all, he wants to watch Spencer Ware play. Oh, wait, he's out. Okay, that's fair. All right, I, I give him a break. There's a lot of stuff. And, hey, we're not perfect. We make mistakes all the time, right? I mean, I go back and edit out all my, all my crappy mistakes, and, uh, and we're always uh, issuing all sorts of apologies to, the, to our listeners for things that we don't get right. But, you know, like Spencer Ware being out, I, I get that. Then he calls the San Diego. Uh, then he calls the uh, Los Angeles Chargers the San Diego Chargers. All right, that's legit too. We've done that a couple of times. I'm all right with that. But then he says he's looking forward to watching Hunter Henry, who he says has had a great season so far. And as we all know, Hunter Henry has been an IR since the preseason. So clearly, that's not. A, I mean, I don't know. Maybe his definition of a great season is different than mine. But sitting and recovering from a torn ACL does not. Uh, does not uh, amount to a great season in my book. And I, and I don't know if you want to watch Hunter Henry sitting on the sidelines with his recovering <laughs> knee and why would that be compelling football. And then he said that Henry was going to be up against Derek Johnson, who, by the way, is not even in the NFL right now. He is a free agent. So I don't know how that would happen unless he's talking about <laughs> in the stands. Maybe he's in the stands. I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> and it was priceless watching Teddy Broski's face as he <laughs> started off we have a complete and poker face. And as he kept going and kept digging the deep, kept digging it deeper and deeper. He started looking off to the side, like, is anybody going to pull the plug on this guy? Because this is insane. I don't know if you guys saw it. Have you guys, did you guys see this? Ryan? Jones? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I was just going to yeah, say ahead, that, 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 that large Twitter group I'm a part of um, where we all share and engage in each other's work. It's been a really helpful community, but Damian Parson is actually in that group and he is the kid who actually re or who sent out that tweet today. Uh, he had a yeah. uh, hundred, hundred new followers over, uh, 2 million views on it. So I, uh, I was in the back end of the chat seeing all everyone flip out about how the, how one of the kids that we talk with on a regular basis was going viral today. So big day for yeah, him. Make awesome. sure you go follow that kid. Uh, I think it's I did. at I followed him. Parson. Retweeted him. Yeah. Well that done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds so good. yeah, so it was just it was interesting. I mean, the, the part of the story for me because I think I always take a little bit of a different angle. Um, and, and for me, it's just it's Stephen A's arrogance. Like like you said, we've all made mistakes. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, the first time I called the Chargers San Diego was not done on purpose, but now I purposely do it because I'm trying to be disrespectful. But like I made a mistake, and I think that you know the important thing in this industry is when you make a mistake, own it. And this is a guy that yeah. makes millions of dollars a year. That's such an insecure little child that his excuse was after that he was actually talking about Virgil Green. He just got it confused. Well, Virgil Green has like 15 <laughs> catches for 189 yards. So, also, so, so, so not only did you show that you still don't know what you're talking about, you've also, again, shown, like I just said, that you're an insecure little boy who, like, couldn't take the – just, like, just come out. I'd have so much more respect if he came out and said, 
yeah, you're right. I wasn't prepped for the segment. I have a million things going on on my day-to-day basis. It's on me to be more professional and know what I'm talking about, but I completely messed that up. <laughs> but like, to come out and offer up that crap excuse, it's just like, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, him and Bayless always sucked. They still suck. Kellerman sucks now, that entire thing. And this is the reason why in the day, in the day and age of where information is readily available, that ESPN keeps having to lay off tons and tons of people because they're, they're big wigs and they're, they're big personalities are people that aren't, aren't actually informed enough. Um, yep. and, and today was just another example of that. Yep, yep. So, Joey, you know, you got, got something to add to that? I'm sure you saw it as well. So what do you think? Yeah, no. Yeah, I was just going to mention the, the fact that he tweeted about Virgil Green saying he, he was actually <laughs> yeah. talking about Virgil Green, even though I'm pretty sure Virgil Green has one target in the past four weeks. So yep. I'm sure he's going to be a matchup nightmare for the Chiefs. Who knows to Stephen A. Yeah, I know. He obviously knows. He's like, he wants, so he, he was excited about watching a blocking tight end. That sounds like a lot of fun there, Stephen A. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We've made enough fun of him. I mean, everybody's been laying on him today. I just, I just had to raise that because uh, <laughs> I just thought it was great. Uh, super, super fun stuff. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and ring the bell on this, and let's move on to our next segment. Let's talk about our updated power rankings. So let's go ahead and get fired up here. And Joey, give us your updated power rankings. Yeah, so this week not a lot of changes, but I do have your Bears back in the top five. Um, mm-hmm. I have the Saints at one, the Rams at two, the Chiefs at three after an impressive win over Baltimore, um, the Bears at four, and still at five, the Patriots. Okay. All right. So let's swing back in a second. So Ryan, your uh, your top five. I don't know. I I mean, we gotta. I gotta check Joey's uh, like flight history because I feel like he might have gone to Vegas early this year and put money on the Rams because that, that's <laughs> that's back to back unimpressive weeks. That defense still isn't playing well. So I have the Saints at one. The Chiefs have now leaped the the Rams in my book. Um, Chiefs are two. Rams have fallen to three. I have the Bears back up in there too at four, and then. Uh, do I have to pick a fifth team? <laughs> this has been your problem all year round, actually. Yeah, I mean, I came in, I was going to say the San Diego Chargers, but they already look like dog crap tonight. Um, they, they certainly do so far. I'll say I'll say the Giants. Oh, wait, no, they still suck. Okay, I'll go Chargers. <laughs> oh, 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 oh look at that. Wait, wait, I think that was a shot at you, Joey. Just says FYI if you missed it. If you oh, missed oh it, Joey, is Joey a Giants fan? I, I'm sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, so I'll tell you that I am actually on board with a lot of the, what you guys say. But I have the Saints at one, and I admit I was reactionary about the Saints last week. I put them back at one. I am impressed with the Chiefs, what they did um, against the Baltimore Ravens, which is one of the best, if not the best, defense in the NFL. Um, they did a great job there. And the Rams, I am less impressed with them, but they are at three. Um, I, I think I credit the Bears defense more so than the Rams falling apart, even though Todd Gurley sunk my fantasy season um, and, and it makes me very angry. I still uh, have the Rams at three. I have the Chargers at four, but I'm already starting to rethink that. <laughs> and I have the Bears at five. Um, I might actually flip the Patriots back on because my first two out are the Patriots and the Texans. Uh, I think the Texans are kind of streaking right now, too. And I, and I just I just have faith that the. You know, I'm not as, as you all know. I'm not a Pats fan, but I just have faith that Belichick will find a way. So um, I think they might flip in there and take that Charger spot at some point tonight, even. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about this because we actually have the same, essentially the same guys in there. Joey, uh, you actually have the Patriots there at number five. So tell me about that. You put the Patriots against the Charger uh, above the Chargers. Why is that? And and don't use um, today's I... performance <laughs> as a reason because I think we all are kind of thinking it right now. 
Yeah, I know, but uh, I was just trying to suck up to Ryan. Was all I just really wanted him to like me. I don't buy that for a minute. I don't buy that for a minute. I think the Chargers. Uh, my my first two hours are the Chargers and the Seahawks right now, and then the Ravens following okay. that up. But I think those teams are too inconsistent just to be in the top right. five. I mean, New England lost on like like the biggest fluke play ever. Yeah. So I'm like yeah. not gonna discredit them for losing. And Miami mm-hmm. has been like halfway decent recently. I mean, they're seven and six. They're still in the hunt. Um, I need them to win big over Minnesota this week for my Giants to have any chance at that last wild card spot. Yeah, uh, I saw your yeah, convoluted I plan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah so in, yeah go ahead i'm sorry did you have any anything no, else on, it, on the, the pass at five. Yeah. okay all right and then ryan you had the pats i assume at six just outside the top five and uh you know not this today's performance notwithstanding because it's not over yet obviously uh you put the chargers ahead ahead of the pats obviously that that loss against the Dolphins was the flukiest of fluky plays, and I don't mean, as I tweeted to you, a Ben Roethlisberger fluky play. I mean, like, actual fluky. So what are your thoughts there? Why Chargers ahead of the Pats? Okay, so first I have a question for both of you, and uh, you guys can just shout it out at the same time, but did you guys watch watch any of the rest of that game or just the, the final play? I watched it. Okay. So, I was watching the Giants game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so – Hakuna, at least then you saw you saw Stephen Gostowski shank an extra point on the first touchdown. Yep. Um, you saw Brady forget how many timeouts there was right before halftime, which is actually something I've never seen Tom Brady do in my entire life. Right. I've watched. Mm-hmm. I I remember I was I'm old enough to remember watching Mo Lewis basically almost murder Drew Bledsoe on the sideline and Brady come in. I remember every snap of this guy's career. I've never seen him not locked in enough to not know how many timeouts there are. That is that is that is an Andy Reid team thing to do. So that happens. And then Gostowski misses a field goal in the second half. That's seven points right there. So you guys say it's a fluky play, and I say what I've been saying all year about the Patriots, which is this Patriots team is not dialed in. They are not disciplined. They are not a good run football team as they have been in the past. There is something wrong with this team. And so Mm -hmm. nine and four or whatnot, fluky players or whatnot, as I said in the tweet back to you, that accidents only happen, you know, or whatever that is. Like there's, there's accidents are avoidable. And so the play happened because the Dolphins were still in that game when the Patriots had multiple chances to bury that team on Sunday. Uh, that also, the big joke going around Boston this weekend um, is that, I don't know if you guys have followed up and seen what happened on the play or about the personnel on the play. Devin McCourty, the best, the best deep guy the Patriots have, was not in on that play. Devin McCourty, they, they had J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, and every other scrub you could name in on that play. But Devin McCourty, the fastest and most most athletic guy, was not back on that play. And so the big storyline is why why does Bill keep refusing to put his best defensive player in the backfield out there in big games? Oh, it's the Super Bowl. Malcolm Butler, you can sit. Oh, it's the end of a game. I oh, will take Devin McCourty out of this play. It's it's just, yeah. it's unbelievable. It, it it almost uh-huh. gets to the point that I think that he's trying to sabotage it. That he just like wants mm. to piss Brady off so bad that Brady that Brady will retire and that he can then <laughs> start all over again because like it's it's maddening. I've never seen this. So yeah. that is all, all a long way to say that I just think this Patriot team by Patriot standards sucks. So I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of hope in them. And and I and going into that play, I sat there and said something bad's gonna happen. And I've never mm-hmm. felt that way with a, with a Patriots team, at least not since the middle 2000s. So there's something wrong with them. The Chargers are above them just because I think, you know, the Chargers also, uh, you know, the Patriots are three and four on the road. 
So I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you can't be in the top five if you can't win a freaking game on the road. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I have to put the Chargers a- ahead of them for that reason. Again, I don't know what's going to happen in this game, but as I keep alluding to, I just don't see any way it's not KC representing the AFC, and I don't see any way that it's not the Rams or um, the Saints representing the NFC. The only team that I actually like is a dark horse that Joey mentioned right outside his top five. Um, I think that the, the Seahawks were inconsistent to start the season. I think they found something. And yeah. watching them the other night, they, they, they start, they're starting to look like the old Seahawks where they've kind of yep. retooled on the fly and rebuilt. And that's a quarterback who's dangerous in the, in the postseason. And yeah, I mean, it, it, I'd watch out for the Seahawks in the playoffs and, and I, I think they could be the only dark horse, but other than that, the rest of the teams that we're talking about aside from those top three are a waste of time. Okay. Well, that's fair. I will, uh, I'll accept that answer and we'll go ahead and, uh, Give you a little bit of light applause there because you didn't curse. <laughs> and we'll go and hit the boxing bell and move on. All right, guys, let's talk about our next topic. And that's very quickly because we're actually, we actually spent much more time on that than I thought we did. Uh, let's talk about Kirk Cousins really briefly. You know, he signed this offseason a three year, $84 million contract with the Minnesota Vikings, um, uh, $84 million of which was guaranteed. So uh, he's that, so far led, uh, led them to a 6 6 and 1 record. Uh, he's ranked 14th in total QBR, just ahead of the likes of Andy Dalton and just below Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston and Mitchell Trubisky. So on the other hand, he does hold the second highest completion percentage in the NFL at 70.6%, only behind Drew Brees. And Dalvin Cook was injured for a good part of the season. So, uh, And they're hanging on there. They're hanging on to that six-seed wild card. So what do you think there, uh, Ryan? Kirk Cousins, good, bad, ugly? What do you think here? Walks like a duck, looks like a duck, talk like a duck probably a damn duck. Um, okay. I've seen a lot of Kirk Cousins defense out there this week. Um, it gets really annoying. I fought this battle for the longest time in, in the NBA with Carmelo Anthony of people making every excuse and it's never his fault. And it's like, I mean, if every, it, you know, my, I, my mom taught me at a very young age when I was fighting with some friends once she said to me, so you're fighting with this friend, you're fighting with that friend, you're fighting with this friend. Are any of them fighting with each other? And I said, no. And she said, well, you're the common denominator. And best piece of advice I ever got in my life. So it, it can't just be the red, uh, the Redskins and, 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 you know, this coaching staff. And then it's now it's the Vikings and the offensive coordinator and the Vikings can't draft offensive line. Did the Vikings have a drastically better offensive line last year when Case bleeping Keenum Led him to the NFC Championship. This man mm-hmm. is 0-7 on Monday Night Football. He sucks, and good for him. He got paid. Dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life because you can't cut him. You can't cut him. The whole thing is guaranteed. You're yep. stuck with this guy. And, yep. like, and, you know, and I don't know what you're supposed to do because you need a quarterback, and that's the biggest thing is people say, well, the Vikings haven't been able to draft offensive linemen. The Vikings haven't been able to replace a quarterback since Randall Cunningham. I'm not even going to give you Dante Culpepper. They haven't been good since Randall Cunningham was throwing a Chris Carter and Randy Moss in 99. It's an absolute joke. Yep. All right. I, uh, I believe, uh, I, I think I, almost all that I, I agree with, but let me go ahead and turn over to Joey first. What are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins and his $84 million so far? Yeah, I mean, are we supposed to be surprised by the way he's playing? I mean, he's proven throughout his career that he's just maybe an above-average quarterback. And this is what happens when an above-average quarterback hits the free agency market or any any positional player hits the free agency market that's above average at, at their job. I mean, mm-hmm. three years, $84 million, all guaranteed, and you don't build an offensive line for him to succeed behind. And my biggest problem, I read the other day that Mike Zimmer said, oh, Kirk's going to uh, give his two cents on what plays we run, blah, 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 now that – Filippo's fired. Yeah, he wasn't. 
giving his two cents before you gave $84 million total guaranteed to a right. guy that's just shy and doesn't want to speak his mind. That's what I yeah. get from that. So if I'm a Vikings fan, I'm scared shitless for lack of a better term. Um, yep. They're kind of screwed. I mean, they have to, they might sneak in on that six wild card spot, but that's not, that's not exactly what they wanted coming into the season. They had really high expectations. We saw last year Case Keenum and Pat Shermer leading that offense to get into the NFC Championship game. But uh, just bad all around right now yep. for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. All right, and that's all I have to say about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. This is what your team looks like now. It's basically just a, a, just a bad explosion. Just crap. So that's it. Moving on. Moving on for Kirk Cousins. Let's go on and talk about – NFC and AFC wildcard because we're getting close to the end of the season, folks. And it looks like it's going to be a little close. So let's talk about that. Let's, uh, let's Joey, I'll hit you first. Why don't you talk about who you think uh, will be in the AFC and NFC wildcard? Uh, starting out with AFC, I think it's going to be the Chargers. And then at six, um, the Ravens. I like that. Mm. I like how they played okay. against the Chiefs. Um, they played them really well. I mean, to hold the Chiefs to what they were at 23 points heading into that final couple minutes there. Um, Mm -hmm. That was really impressive for me. Uh, Lamar Jackson keeps getting better every game and they're finally building an offense around him instead of trying to do the same stuff they did with Flacco and they've committed to Jackson as the starter now that Flacco's healthy. Um, And the NFC I like Seattle at five obviously. Uh, I'm pretty sure they secured a playoff spot last week and then at six I mean, I guess I have to put the Vikings in there just because <laughs> the news of the Wentz injury breaking out for the Eagles, and you're going to have Nick Foles in there. We saw how he, how he played at the beginning of the season. Um, I don't really like Washington's chances of sneaking in there either just because we saw how they did against the, my lowly Giants. Right. Um, and then the Giants are just a, a, a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs <laughs> right now, and I I do not see them – getting anywhere close to that so yeah vikings at six all right well that, that was a tough one for me too. uh figuring out who's at six but ryan why don't you tell us who do you got in the uh nfc and afc wild card spots yeah so i'll try to be a little more controversial uh i think there's no way anyone can disagree that the chargers are going to be um right. th- that five seed uh but I, i'm going to have the steelers in a complete meltdown at the sixth seed and the ravens actually pass them here down the stretch um, uh-huh. To take over, to take over that that uh, AFC Central. So uh, right. the, the Steelers, right. the Steelers and Chargers, yeah. And then uh, and the NFC, um, yeah, I have the Seahawks too. Obviously, I'm high on that team. And all jokes aside, from what I said earlier, I actually do think that the Giants are going to run the table and sneak in on the sixth seed. Wow! Wow! Get out! For like real? It. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, absolutely, like absolutely <laughs> not. No, they Okay, can't. all right. I was going to uh, say, so, this is not, that, there's no possible way you mean that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It must suck to watch the Giants, you know, ever since 2011. <laughs> um, yeah. But, no, in the sixth, uh, I, I think the, the Vikings rate the ship this weekend, get a win at home against Miami, and then, and then they'll, okay. they'll be able to hold off and, and keep that sixth seed. Yeah, so I'll I'll say this. Um, so that was particularly mean, uh, but I will just – I I <laughs> totally on board. I'm totally on board. Uh, I'll say this. So for the AFC side, Chargers, uh, I think you're right. I agree with both of you guys. I think that the Colts can actually overtake the Ravens, stave off the Dolphins and the Titans and 
and uh and the Steelers and you know I think I think that the uh it's possible that the uh the Colts actually I mean I think the Steelers will actually take the division I'm assuming you think somebody else is going to going to get ahead there but I I think that the Colts will take at that that sixth spot NFC side Seahawks of course I think at five and I had such a hard time figuring out who would be at six I just couldn't I mean like I don't like the Vikings that much um at six six and one I mean they got the Dolphins the Lions and the Bears to play uh I just I just don't have any I don't have any confidence there. I wanted to say Panthers, but they gotta play the New Orleans Saints twice. And they're six and seven or half game behind the Vikings, and I don't like that. And as Joey said, Eagles, no Wentz, although there are a lot of similarities to last year. Uh, you know, Nick Foles does not look like he did last year. And they're six and seven, and they gotta play the Rams and the Texans. Uh, tough, tough games. And the Redskins, they're six and seven. They don't have a quarterback, so that's done. And the Packers, I actually was very tempted to say the Packers might actually make a run at it. I mean, they're a half game behind the Panthers, Eagles, and Redskins, but they uh, they they have uh, they have to play the Jets, the Lions, and the Bears. And if and you know they are the Bears' kryptonite. I I mean I I can tell you that I just don't know why it is, but somehow Aaron Rodgers always finds a way. They run the table. They could actually be up there. So who knows what could happen there? But I will pick the Vikings. I think that's the most likely outcome there. So I think we actually all kind of agree on a lot of those things. So let's go ahead and ring the bell. Let's get to our last topic of the day. That is DFS picks for week 15 so ryan fire away what are your thoughts on dfs picks for week 15 so i'm going to be pretty boring this week um i think that pittsburgh new england is going to be an absolute shutout or shutout shootout so um i'm playing a stack on either side of that uh particularly the patriots defense has not been good on the road this year so i'd lay it heavy on the steelers obviously a little bit more of a risk uh, given Ben Roethlisberger's injury and uh, his coach's inability to shut his mouth and not tell you directly, <laughs> um, you know, directly where I was actually on a, on a podcast with a, with a Pittsburgh guy last night. And he was saying, yeah, he basically, he wouldn't be surprised if Roethlisberger came out there with a target painted on his ribs to let you know exactly <laughs> where to put your helmet if you want to knock him out. Um, so a little more <laughs> risk on that side. I think, uh, but I think it's going to be a shootout. So I wouldn't, you know, playing a, a, a Brady, Josh Gordon, James White stack on the other side um, uh-huh. would be recommended. The other two up to the other two games, the running back position just hasn't been good enough in Atlanta to play a full stack, um, but they are at home against Arizona. So I love Julio Jones and Matt Ryan for that reason. And then uh-huh. Baltimore, I love the matchup at home. Yeah. It does scare me that for whatever reason, Harbaugh is saying that Flacco is still going to have a role. Um, even though Lamar Jackson's going to start. I mean, does that mean that Lamar Jackson drives you down to the five-yard line, you bring in Joe Flacco to throw a fade pattern to somebody, (laughs) you know, and you get all those yards and then lose out on touchdowns? So that's a little bit more unpredictable. But if you want to play, you know, play a Gus Edwards um, in a situation like that, then, you know, that's something that that's another matchup that I'm ideal on. Yeah, and I, I actually really like that matchup. Lamar Jackson, the seventh, um, the seventh um, priced quarterback on DraftKings at fifty nine hundred, and Gus Edwards is the twenty fourth priced at forty four hundred. And I don't even mind paying down and maybe even taking a flyer on Kenneth Dixon, who is the forty fifth priced uh, running back there, thirty five hundred. He had actually had a nice uh, showing last week, and uh, they've already said Harbaugh's already come out and said that he's going to have an increased role this week. So uh, I like that stack. All right, Joey, what do you got? Uh, I've got three uh, guys for you this week and a stack. Um, a little bit of a homer pick here, but I really like Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard for the Giants this week against Tennessee, especially uh-huh. if Odell uh, is still out with that lingering quad injury. Uh, I don't want any comment on Odell today, Ryan. I'm not going <laughs> to put up with it. <laughs> um, 
I also do like Gus Edwards for Baltimore. Um, and for my stack, I really, really like Rams this week just because the Eagles are pretty banged up on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, one of their starting corners, Chandon Sullivan, undrafted free agent out of Georgia State. I actually got to interview him my senior year of high school wow. uh, when I was doing stuff for them. Uh, great guy, terrible cornerback in the NFL. So <laughs> I would take great advantage of that matchup there this week. All right. Well, some good good thoughts there. Uh, I will say, I'll just add on two more. I actually like the Seahawks this week against the 49ers. I particularly like uh, Chris Carson. He's the 11th priced running back on DraftKings at 5,600. I think he's underpriced and has been doing very, very well in the last couple of weeks. So I think that against the 49ers and their very weak run defense, he'll be very a good, a good uh, person to, to pick up. And you can stack him. I usually don't do this. I usually don't stack a running back with a, a quarterback. But, you know, um, Pete Carroll did come out say and said, we just trying to not lose games. And they do that by controlling the clock. And Chris Carson and Russell Wilson together can do that. So Russell Wilson is the most expensive quarterback in DraftKings. But I think if you pair him with Chris Carson, you can actually uh, get a little value there. I also like, and, and I know it's a little controversial, but D.D. Westbrook, only $4,500 in DraftKings against Washington, bottom six pass defense, and they'll be playing, Jacksonville Jaguars will be playing at home. Last week, D.D. Westbrook, 7 of 10 with a TD from Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler will remain under center. Yay, he's cheap. You may be able to nice punt play at the end of your, uh, at the end of your lineup. So uh, you want to save a little bit of money and you want to fill up on those guys and the Steelers and the Patriots uh, then uh, or, or get somebody more expensive, then, yeah, you know, I don't have any problems with uh, going with D.D. Westbrook. All right, guys, that's all. The time we have, it's uh, unbelievable. It always goes so fast. Blow the air horn on the show. Ryan, give us your social media so people can follow you. So two quick things. One, Virgil Green just caught a pass. So it looks like we all owe Stephen A. Smith a massive apology. Uh, and it was it was true that Derek Johnson was unable to stop him from catching that ball. Um, secondly, excellent analysis. Quickly, before we bounce out of here, um, I did want to say I, I, I heard a commercial going on in the background earlier while I was uh, picking up around the house and I turned and it was uh, Odell Beckham Jr. talking about how he was, he was letting us all know he hadn't accomplished anything yet. And to that, I would say no bleeping duh. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Ryan Whitfield N E. All right. And uh, Joey, give us your social media so people can follow you. Uh, I'm at Joey Libro. Uh, you can follow me there. If you want to see tweets, towards Ryan next time the had uh, <laughs> Patriots lose. So. All right. That's, uh, as I expected. And uh, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. As usual, thank you for wasting time with us. And until next week, enjoy your NFL week. Mm-hmm.